The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Cardinal rule number one is when you're in an equity business, listen to the bond guys. The bond guys never listen to the equity guys. <laughs> but, you know, if you're like a gene monster, you really pay attention to what the debt side looks like as you look at your area. Gene monster's area for decades, Piper Jaffrey, and uh, in, in, in now on, on his own, Gene Munster uh, really looking at uh, technology. Gene, Robert Schiffman of Bloomberg Intelligence said, look, Microsoft's a AAA. Apple's just below that. Microsoft could do 20 billion debt offering right now and not you know, affect anything at all. Do we have any understanding of their free cash flow? And Gene, one idea here on their free cash flow, Apple's retired 39% of their shares in the last decade. Do we understand their profit? I don't think so, Tom. When you think of the free cash flow with Apple, we're talking uh, 50 to $60 billion per year. That's free cash flow. When they talk about their current cash position, call it roughly $75 billion. I mean, they've continued to try to uh, whittle that down, return that to investors. Welcome, Meta, to that conversation yeah. uh, regarding returning capital. But uh, Apple is unique in that it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. If you look at the past year, revenue has basically been down 2.5%, but they've generated, call it $60 billion in free cash flow. Mm. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to uh, the strength of their margins. Paul, I put this out last night in preparation for Gene Munster that I'm just had it with this sophomoric growthiness study of the media, and it's about the profit. And as Gene mentions, Paul, Zuckerberg gets the 2023 trophy. The way he oh, has yeah. shifted sure. Facebook to a profit juggernaut is jaw-dropping. It really is, and uh, the stock got rewarded for it, too, more than doubling here. Hey, Gene, so last night, busy night for you and busy night for tech investors, Apple, Amazon, Meta. I want to start with Apple here because for me, and I think for a lot of investors, it's very much about China here. And I'm not sure I heard anything from Cupertino last night that makes me feel more comfortable about what's happening in China. My concern is maybe the consumers moving away from Western products in general, and maybe Apple in particular. How do you think about China? China hit the wall. It was down 13% year over year. It was down 2.5% year over year in the September quarter. So we saw that deceleration. Uh, the macro has definitely impacted that. If you look at broader Apple business, it was up 10% in Europe, 15% in Japan, 2%. So if you think about what's going on at Apple, it really can be zeroed into the weakness in China. China's 20% of their business. And then the question comes to what does China look like going forward? And I think the answer is to continue to expect it to be down kind of this 10, 15% for the next uh, few quarters. There is the question, is this just a macro issue related to China? Or to your point, is there just a, a structural shift away from Western products and Apple in particular? And what we saw was some conflicting data. We saw the China business being down, like we talked about. But we also saw that Apple, in terms of its market share, IDC, reputable uh, yep, yep. source, 
said that Apple, that the iPhone is now the best selling smartphone in China for the first time in the December quarter. And so uh, I think the answer is this is uh, more about the macro. I do want to put one other, uh, put other one uh, just slightly finer point on this. There is a dynamic of what's going on with the government and their commentary about buying Apple products. Now, if you look at the number of government employees, uh, this basically can create about a 3% headwind to China's business. It's not a formal policy to avoid Apple products. It's been this informal kind of wink and nod. But I think that that probably plays in all this too. When you roll it all together, I still think China's a big opportunity for Apple. India is becoming a bigger opportunity too. And I think that um, I think this storm uh, will pass. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think the message we heard from Tim Cook, I think he's probably taking a little bit more of a longer view. Um, all right, let's switch to uh, Meta. You mentioned that, and it just what a story here. I mean, uh, and you know, Zuckerberg gets a lot of uh, criticism, and he obviously was on the Hill again recently. But boy, did they turn this company around in the last 18 months? It was, you know, since its inception, it was a top line growth story. Uh, and then he wisely, wisely focused on costs and profitability. And boy, that's paid off for the company. What, what's your view there on Meta? The cost is, that's, that's nice, uh, absolutely has paid off. I think there's a bigger uh, <clears throat> dynamic playing out here, which is just related to their demand. And uh, they had their revenue was up 25% year over year in the December quarter. They guided, you gotta go to the high end of their guidance range because they're probably gonna exceed that. Would imply an acceleration to 30%. Their price per ad was up 2% year over year. A year ago, their price per ad was down 22%. Yep. So that's, that's outside of the whole expense control. The ad market is better, but there's something, the bigger thing going on is, is this, is that their products uh, people want. I mean, that's the maybe optimistic way to say it. The more skeptic way to say it is they're addictive. Uh, uh, Deepwater does own Meta. This is something that I struggle with. But uh, we saw it in the numbers, in the engagement. It's, right. it's playing through to the revenue. One just other quick thought on the, the engagement number here. Their DAUs, this is a metric they're no longer going to give uh, daily active users, but that was $2.1 billion for Facebook. Um, that was up 6% yeah. year over year. Uh, it's an acceleration over the past few quarters. Remarkable testimony to right. how people say they don't want social but they spend all their time yeah well the, the daily average use of instagram in the keen household <laughs> is incalculable you can't do that number gene here's the real world it's owned by portfolios nasdaq's up one percent right now and we're going to pick on our good friend will danoff up in boston he's been doing this for a few years at a shop called fidelity it's his largest holding it's grown out where meta facebook is 12.x percent of will danoff's contra fund but he's probably under-owned it as well. Just the share price today moves, moves Contrafund 2% off the leap in Meta. Are these stocks under-owned by uh, institutional Wall Street? I think Meta is. I think there's still some controversy around just what is ultimately, uh, you know, what, what does their advertising business look like? I think there's concern about regulation related to it. <laughs> If you look at the multiple relative to yeah. the other big tech companies, it still trades at a discount. So it's going to be, uh, I bet the earnings go up by mm -hmm. more than 20% today. The stock up 18% pre-market, I bet earnings go up. So I think the multiple probably is actually surprising and to stay in that low 20 range where you look at the rest of big tech kind of loosely in the low 30 range. Right. And so based on that, I don't think this is <clears throat> over-owned. And I think that there's, uh, again, there, there's room to go. I think this should trade. Right. 
in line with the rest of uh, larger tech. Okay, so they're three trillion. A guy, an Uber bull like Dan Ives is what? What Paul? Four, four, four yeah. trillion, yeah. five trillion. Sure. Add it up, Gene Monster, and someday, these four stocks—the magnificent four, whatever. I, Nvidia, I'm not there yet. I know Gene is. I'm not there yet. But Gene, they're going to have an all-in value of say 15 trillion dollars. Are they like the Rockefellers, Standard Oil, <laughs> Ida Tarble of 120 years ago, where there's going to be a primal cry, they're too big? Are we getting there quickly? I think we were there three years ago. And <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, this is uh, lessons learned from the past here, just about can things keep going, uh, about bubbles. There was the everything bubble a couple years ago, obviously what happened in 2000. So I'm skeptic, I wanna be just cautious, like can this keep going, but just the case that I think these will continue to get going. It is as simple as artificial intelligence. I think that uh, this is something yeah. that now Apple has stepped into the game. That is as much um, of the rancor that goes on Capitol Wait. Hill related to Wait. large cap tech. I think lawmakers understand that these companies having strong domestic companies that are building AI, I think they understand the importance right. of that from a right. national security standpoint. And so I think that there'll be I always talk of regulation, but I think these companies right. will continue to get bigger. Are you watching UNC Duke this weekend with Vision Pro? Are no, you gonna I have I'm going to go old school. <laughs> You're going to go, go old school? school. Yeah. The zenith it. with the, with the yeah. rabbit ears, right? A can of Budweiser I mean, sitting what, on the couch. What Vision Pro, yeah. Paul, what, what would you and I, Lisa, help me here. What would you and I use Vision Pro for? I, I, I don't know. Well, that's kind of where I want to go with, Please, with, go with Gene, Gene here. Gene, where are we? Where is Mark Zuckerberg these days when you speak to him, when you hear his commentary? with the metaverse that was at best a distraction for this company and at worst maybe a real suck hole in terms of a capital investment where are we with that i hope we're wrapping it up but i think the reality is is that they're doubling down and oh. uh, again mentioned we're investors in meta we wish they would essentially uh pare back what they're doing there and the, the simple reason is they they had a billion in revenue, first quarter of a billion in revenue in Reality Labs. They lost $4 billion. They said that the amount of losses annually are going to increase. This is going to be $15 billion plus. This is, this is real numbers, even for these big companies. They're spending a lot. What Apple is showing today with Vision Pro, from a technology, from a price standpoint, right. it's seven times higher. From a technology point, it's probably 30x better. And I think uh, ultimately is that what uh, Meta wants to be uh, spatial computing, the metaverse for the masses is that uh, I do believe that that will roll right. out eventually. Um, so, but I, I wish that uh, they just wouldn't spend as much, spend $5 billion a year, not $15 billion a year. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, Paul, where are they? They're doubling, tripling okay. down on this. And uh, I kind of see this as BlackBerry right. versus the iPhone. Hey, uh, the third company reporting last night, Amazon, boy, another really good I thought they quarter. were like in the they were terrible <laughs> stocks up about six and a half percent pre-market trading up about 40 percent over the trailing 12 months here what did you hear from uh, Amazon last night Gene well this one just in terms of the stock reaction is a surprise to me I would if, if you'd have given me the press release beforehand I would have said it's down a few percent so uh, what we heard last night was that AWS which is typically the pressure point that people yep. focus on was up 13 percent that was compares to 12.5% growth in the September quarter and 12.2% in the June quarter. So we saw, I would say, a 50 basis points acceleration. Compare that to what Google Cloud did. They showed a 320 basis point acceleration to 26% and Azure 
100 basis point acceleration to 30%. Put all this together, AWS should and continue to be the focus for Amazon investors. And in fact, yes, it showed acceleration, but it still is losing share notably. And I think when you fast forward this 6, 12, 24 months from now and think about how these platforms are gonna be adding more AI capabilities for the people that use them, I think that uh, advantage uh, Microsoft and Google. So I think it's gonna be increasingly uh, competitive. The reason why the stock is up uh, is because they beat earnings by operating income by 50%, they crushed it. Yep. And this is like the, the, the roller coaster game of Amazon and earnings, you get a boom bust uh, cycle for two or three quarters and then a, a boom cycle and then a bust cycle. And so uh, Paul, to put it all together, I think Amazon quarter was good, uh, it wasn't great. Uh, they, they got people excited about this Rufus, this, um, <laughs> this, this uh, assistant yep. um, shopper. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's gonna help engagement, uh, help people find products better on Amazon, good use of AI but to me doesn't justify what's happening with the stock this morning. All right, let's step back a little bit. Um, Gene, we, we, we kind of ran through the big three tech names I reported uh, last night. I'd love to get your view here. Now that we've had a little bit of perspective here, four, five, six quarters where we've had a lot of these companies talking about generative AI, I'd love to get your view as to kind of how you think it, it kind of really sits as, as a theme in technology. Is it real? Is it, and how material is it? And how do you play it? So is it real? Yes. Uh, how material is it? The example of uh, my framework is that if you do the scale of zero to 100, we've talked about this, zero to 100, 100 being electricity, I would put the smartphone at in terms of importance. Uh, electricity is 100, smartphones 25, the internet's 50, and I think uh, generative AI and AI more broadly is 90. Wow. I think it is just a, a step function. And uh, I think we're entering uh, what's going to be a three to five year bull market that's going to culminate in a bubble. Uh, yeah. It by definition almost has to happen. If this is in fact right. 90 out of 100, you, we will see a, a bubble. So I, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm on board that these can be transformative. Right. I mean, we saw Tim Cook finally utter those two letters yesterday I, I in the prepared remarks. And yeah, uh, sure. I think they're, it's setting Apple up to enter as a, with a foundation right. model this year. So big picture, yeah. um, it's, it's, I think it's hard to under, under, um, understate right. how meaningful of a change this is gonna be. Eugene, I want you to shift here to long ago and far away when we hung on every word you said at Piper Jaffrey about should we be in these stocks? There's a lot of people listening and watching on YouTube and CarPlay who are saying, I'm in this, or I think I'm in it in my 401k, or I'm not in it, and damn, I gotta get into it, but I'm scared stiff. I want you to talk the five-year vision of these companies that have come so far in the last decade. Do you extrapolate out the present trends is there a lesser slope, or dare I say, can they even get convexity and accelerate free cash flow, revenue growth, their position within American society? I, th I think uh, when you look at the kind of scope of where uh, wealth will be created around AI, I generally think of it as in three buckets. I think that there's the, we'll call it the, the safe bet, and I think that is this mega cap tech. And I think not, it's not just own the Magnificent Seven. I think they are, uh, I, think they're, I think the best one surprisingly is Google. I think the best opportunity that's underappreciated relative to what's happened with the other ones, I think Google. So 
uh, this is not investment advice, but from our perspective, uh, we own Google and Meta. And so continue to do that, continue to think that's a great place to be, even with uh, the upside that they've had. Um, but we also believe that AI is going to have a profound impact on companies that are, are less well known. Uh, we have an ETF, the ticker is LOUP, it's a frontier tech which means that it, it effectively identifies what are the transformative themes over the next three to five years. AI is a big part of that. But I think some of these smaller companies that haven't had this tremendous run, I think that's a, a meaningful opportunity as well. And then the last piece is what we call the ordained uh, uh, late stage private companies. These are companies like Hugging Face and Databricks and uh, OpenAI and Thropic. Uh, these are companies that uh, are pure play AI companies. And so uh, I want to go back and just answer your question uh, specifically, Tom, is that, yes, I think you should continue to own a select uh, companies within uh, the Magnificent Seven because I think they'll continue to benefit. But it, as far as trying to get uh, outperformance relative to the market, mm -hmm. I think you need to try to search for some of those less well-known sub hundred billion dollar right. we call that small now yeah sub hundred billion dollar small uh tech companies i'm long wing labs Shh, <laughs> Labs. exactly all right so gene in in your uh, in your fund here what are some of the, the the names that you guys own that maybe maybe people don't think about i mean everybody's you know kind of feels like they have their own call on on the apples of the world the amazons of the world are there parts of the tech space that you think are underappreciated out there yeah, we actually go and look for uh, companies off that beaten path. I mean, there's one company, New Bank, ticker uh, NU, as in November Uniform. And New Bank is the fastest growing bank in Latin America. They've basically gone from nothing to about 8% share. Uh, like one in two people in Brazil use uh, a form of New Bank. But they're using artificial intelligence to help better identify, get the underbanked population to be banked. And it's a, a, been a, a great use case of that, and it works. It works for risk management. So Newbank is a, a company that uh, we own. Coupon, um, many of you may not, uh, uh, that may be a new one. Uh, think of this as the Amazon of uh, South Korea. Uh, and uh, they basically have a, a pole position there. <clears throat> South Korea is, is doing relatively right. well. And, and, and then the last one, uh, Mercado right. Libre. Yeah, um, and and uh, I, I hope both of you are sitting down for this one. Uh, <laughs> just recently, uh, we added, uh, we spent a lot of time, seven years working in, in China, covering these big, bringing, bringing a lot of these companies public, the tech companies in China. Uh, we've just, in the last uh, few weeks, actually uh, uh, made some investments in some Chinese equities, uh, tech equities. Whoa. Nice. I think we'll leave it there. I yeah. got to go call my broker. <laughs> yeah. Gene Munster, generous of you to be with Thank us. Thank you, Gene. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.